Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for March 29, 2017. Today's topic is Americans with Disabilities Positively Impacting Contact Centers Nationwide. Now, if you're listening live, I'd like to invite you to be a part of the show, and the best way has always been to send me an email. You can do this by reaching out brian at benchmarkportal.com. That's spelled B-R-I-A-N at benchmarkportal.com. I do want to remind you that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at any time that's convenient for you. Just head over to our website, benchmarkportal.com, and you will find over seven seasons of our show there. It's amazing. So, Speaking of amazing, let's jump into today's show and topic. It's my pleasure to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Contact centers have proven to be major sources of career opportunities for people of all types. It's been a real mode of social mobility and opportunity, and in turn, the industry has benefited a lot by this openness. And this includes people with disabilities, which is why we wanted to talk more about people with disabilities and their positive impact on contact centers nationwide. And we brought in an expert on the topic for you, Michael Sanders, who is the Director of Marketing from NTI. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks for having me, Bruce. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Okay, well, great. Well, by, by way of introduction, Mike is the Director of Marketing and Communications for NTI, which is a nonprofit based in Boston, but operating throughout the U.S. and focusing on placing people with disabilities and disabled veterans in call center, customer service, and IT help desk work at home positions. He is currently partnering with multiple Fortune 500 companies, such as Amazon, Apple, IBM, and the IRS, to build relationships and provide jobs to individuals with disabilities. By the way, Mike, is the IRS a Fortune 500 company? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Should but they take care of a anyway, lot of them. They do. They take care of a lot of them, one way or the other. So his extensive 20 years experience in advocacy and marketing strategy, along with his Master of Science in Industrial Organizational Psychology, have contributed to his success in building NTI as the leader in placing Americans with disabilities in the workplace. That's a great bio, Mike. Hey, thanks, Bruce. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be here and talk to your audience about how they might benefit from hiring disabled workers. Yeah, and that, that's great. And, and as you know from our prior conversations, Mike, my own history with the disabled goes back to my time in high school uh, when I worked for four years with a teen-run organization that teaches disabled children to swim. Uh, we met every Sunday afternoon during the school year. It was a great experience that it stayed with me. So I'm a really big fan of what you're doing. And uh, a quick programming note for our listeners. Sorry, go ahead. We appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> you've no, done. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's great work and, and wonderful, wonderful people, really. Uh, and a quick programming note, in fact, our listeners know that Call Talk is uh, totally dedicated to digging into important topics for call center managers, and we're unsponsored and it's not vendor oriented. But in this case. Uh, since we're dealing with a nonprofit organization dedicated to working with disabled individuals, we're making a partial exception to the rule because I think it's important for our listeners to understand how they might actually go forward with plans to hire disabled candidates. So with that proviso, Mike, uh, let's proceed. Uh, can you tell me a bit about NTI, the history, and uh, what you do for them? 
Sure. My, my name is Mike Sanders, and I'm the Director of Marketing, uh, conducting all the social media outreach, developing partnerships for NTI. Uh, NTI was started back in 1995, helping Americans with disabilities and work-at-home jobs. We saw a need out there to get uh, individuals back in the workplace. So it grew over the years. Uh, we started developing more clients. In 2012, we started up a new division called Land a Job, which not only allowed people to do work-at-home jobs, but also in brick-and-mortar establishments as well. Well, tell us about the uh, services that you offer that our, our listeners should know about. Uh, what are the types of jobs that NTI offers to candidates that might be of interest to them? Sure. Um, the types of jobs that we currently have out there for our at-home division, they focus on uh, call center, IT help desk, customer service types of roles that they could do directly within their own home. And for our land job platform, we have uh, every type of role humanly possible, from accounting to zookeeping. Uh, there's fi uh, over 500,000 available positions out there that are active in our database, and they're available to Americans with disabilities nationwide. Mm -hmm. Okay, zookeeping. Uh -huh. There are some days when I feel like I'm in that business, too. So, anyway. Yes. And, uh, so. So the positions you offer are nationwide. There's a possibility for people to engage with you throughout the United States. Is that true? That's correct. Uh, each year we employ at least 700 nationwide, uh, but we do have thousands of positions through each one of our clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so maybe you could tell us what kinds of companies you've partnered up with for positions so our listeners can see if they sort of fit the profile, if you will. Sure. Um, like you said before, we worked with a lot of Fortune 500 companies, including Amazon, Apple, Meyer, Microsoft, Sykes, and IBM. And about 90% of the individuals that we place are directly within Fortune 500 companies. We also do uh, other organizations like the IRS, where we manage their form center, their, their call center for their forms department. So if you have to call up the IRS for any reason over the next couple of days, you're probably actually talking to an NTI employee. Mm, okay, that's really interesting. Uh, that gives an, a, a sense of the reach that you have and, uh, you know, the, the flexibility and, and the uh, comprehensiveness of your offer, of your the people that you're able to, uh, to place in the market. So that's great. Well, well, let's talk a little bit about employee selection. Uh, can you give us an example of what typically happens in the hiring process with a client? Sure. Uh, well, initially when we're, when we're meeting with a company, we'll, we'll have our initial meeting with them. We'll vet the company, find out what their products and services is, uh, discuss the contract agreement, just everything about that, that organization. We'll also describe the pricing, but there's different types of models that they could go underneath. So there is a direct placement model where it, it seems fairly evident that an individual could be directly hired by, by an organization. There's a model that is the most popular called co-employment where we handle all the benefits aspects of it, insurance aspects, um, any type of HR issues that may be available. And there's always a client-specific option, too, where we could tailor it to their needs. Uh, we also go through a job order checklist with, with the individuals, an HR policy checklist. So one of the things that we do offer as a service is handling all the HR issues that exist with, 
with employees and it takes away the headache from our clients. And then after everything's all said and done, they sign it, the recruiting process begins. And we basically take the details of what they're looking for in employees and match them up to what we have uh, with candidates who are applying. Uh, and there's always concerns uh, about the business model, if they've ever conducted virtual before, uh, performance metrics, the organizational structure. We want to find out more about the company because we want to be a partner. We don't want to just throw spaghetti at the wall and say, okay, well, maybe this employee will stick or maybe that employee will stick. We want to make sure that it's done right and right the first time. Yeah, okay, very good. So you actually offer quite a bit of flexibility in terms of the way that you do this, and uh, therefore it, it makes it easier, too, for uh, somebody who may be thinking of doing this to get into it without sort of jumping in over the deep end, uh, particularly with the co-employment and similar types of options. Is that true? That is true. A lot of companies who come up to us are um, hesitant on the model. They've never worked with Americans with Disabilities before. And they'll say, send me over five resumes and, and we'll conduct some interviews and see if that works out. We usually get an agreement in place. And what we found is um, individuals who kick the tires and they, they find out that these employees are credible, they'll say, how many more do you have? So uh, it, it leads to kicking the tires to buying the whole entire Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, okay, that, that's important. That's important, and it's great that yeah. your business model allows for that and uh, sort of helps take people by the hand uh, and, uh, you know, uh, lead them down the path, not make them jump into the deep end right away if, if that's what they want to do. So well, talk to us a little bit about employee selection. Uh, can you give us an example of what typically happens uh, with the employee side? On the employee side, like what uh, they experience as they're going through it? or Yes. In other words, uh, okay. you're, say the, on, the onboarding part. Oh, sure, sure. So uh, typically an employee, we, we just refine the process uh, starting up this coming up month. So I'll talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, we want to make it sleek and easier for them to apply to the program and be a part of it. So what we did was we set it up so that way they could register to our program. Um, they, are, they are taken in by what we call a solution advisor, and they have a conversation with them after their registration and find out what their, what their work goals are, where they want to go with their next step in their career, and what their needs are, whether or not they are on social, social security disability insurance or social security insurance. And if we feel like they're right fit for our program, an e-mentor, what we call an e-mentor, is assigned to them. And those individuals guide them through the rest of the way through the process. Um, during that time period, they are also invited to take a series of examinations uh, to test out their different skills. And if they end up passing those, they're invited to come to a three-day training class. So they're enrolled into training. And the training class itself, it's an instructor-led uh, training class that individuals could go through, and it teaches them all about uh, handling difficult customers, um, aspects of, of customer service, how to succeed as an individual going into 
one of these organizations. Uh, most of the individuals who come to us, they may not have come from a call center background, but they could be anything from bus driver all the way up to director of IT. Um, they just want to be a part, again, of something, and they want to be a part of one of these organizations and feel like they're contributing to life once again and gain sustainable income. So they are very excited about going through this. Uh, they go through the, these three-day training programs. Once they pass through the training, they're eligible to apply to any of the positions that are out there. And once uh, they apply to those positions, we interview them, we vet them as candidates, see if they're appropriate for that company using the criteria that we worked out with that organization, and we'll send them on over. So one of the nice aspects is, from an HR standpoint on the client side, is these candidates are already vetted, and they they realize that we're using their criteria to do it so they could skip a lot of steps on their end and move closer to a hiring decision. Um, right. In addition, from a training standpoint, even though we have a three-day class, we also offer through our online university, which they have full access to, um, any aspect of our online courses available to them so that way they can enhance their skills and practice their skill sets so that way they can do better as an employee. Yeah, no, that that's great. So really, you handle the skills screening, uh, the training classes, which include the soft skills, the handling difficult uh, customer skills, and then additional uh, skills that come out after that in terms of the courses that you offer. Um, so, and, and I, I remember you mentioning when we got together that uh, you actually have people who have PhDs and are, um, you know, very very accomplished uh, people who end up working with NTI. Did you want to say a few words that's on that? Correct. That's correct. Um, I, I would have to say our own internal call center is probably one of the most educated ones that exists out there. We have people with master's degrees, double master's degrees, PhDs, so they're all able to add an influence in the creation of our training programs, but also give people who are calling in the most optimal experience possible. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. And Let's talk a little bit about retention. Um, you know, are hiring individuals with a disability a reliable resource if you look at it from the employer's point of view? Yeah, they they definitely are. Um, they should be treated like any other employee up front. You know, in the initial contract stages, we discuss things like accommodations with the prospective employer and making arrangements with the management team so that it doesn't affect their brand or operations. Um, the employees that we do end up hiring out there, I notice that they stay within the positions for a very long period of time, typically within a call center. And I know that the numbers vary on this, but within a year, 80%, upward to 90% may flip on over into an organization. And they won't stay. Whereas with an NTI employee, the retention rates are extremely high. Um, on average, we have four years retention within a call center and within special projects like our IRS project, we had people who were there for 12, 13 years working on a project. Um, mm. So, you know, even with 
issues as well. If anything arises with that, we have our HR services to work along with the employee, and I think that also helps out with um, with managers and HR staff on the client side working along with NTI and their employees because they have mm-hmm. a level of intervention associated with that. Well, that's great. So you have people who are well-selected, well-trained, uh, loyal to the company, long-term, uh, you know, what's not to like? There's there's so many advantages here. And you indicated that the statistics on retention in a typical call center versus a call center with persons with disabilities would, would favor the latter, really, right? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Well, that's great. So, you know, in terms of uh, a, a company uh, that wants to partner on something like this, uh, can you describe a, a problem uh, – you know, situation for an organization and how you were able to help each other. In other words, uh, see if we can place our listeners into uh, an actual situation where they might be able to see themselves. Sure, sure. Um, I I could think of two quick ones off the top of my head. Um, You know, as as IBM's at Wiston stated, working with NTI is where altruism meets good business. And Mm -hmm. From a hiring process standpoint, we worked along with Amazon, like I said before. Um, They were looking for five employees to start off with, and that's what got the ball rolling. Um, Here's where the interesting statistic happens. They ended up asking for another 50. We sent over 50 resumes and individuals for them to interview. They selected 48 out of 50. With any other um, typical firm that you're going through a recruiting firm, if you were to ask for 50 resumes, they may choose one or two. So we were mm-hmm. able to produce at such a higher rate. It makes sense. We're not wasting their time. And then another situation uh, that we had, we were working with a Fortune 500 technology company. They approached us on supporting their call center to handle tier, tier two support. So um, they wanted a group of 15 individuals to handle this or two support, and they had no formalized training, no trainers, no staff that that was the staff was borderline in performance. Uh, we were able to work along with them to create the training, which was originally on photocopied post-it notes and loose leaf paper, and be able to create a blended training program with instructor-led and online training. We successfully got the 15 individuals with disabilities up to speed through that training program. The end result was the work-at-home employees outperformed the, the current employees, and the new training program was instituted within the organization. Mm-hmm. So not only are we providing just Americans with disabilities to uh, organizations, but we're also providing different levels of service to them, too. Because we want to see, yeah. see, want to see us. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, what what's coming out of this is that uh, it's really, at the end of the day, very results oriented and results producing, and uh, really you're doing good while uh, doing good business, and that's uh, in the advantage to the advantage of, uh, of of our listeners as well, and uh, acting really as a recruiting agency, uh, training, and um, really. Uh, you've, you've indicated that your placements outperform the folks who uh, they normally get. So these, is, these are very compelling. I mean, 48 out of 50 
recommendations actually being hired by Amazon. That's that's pretty amazing. And yeah. um, uh, I, you know, people who work for the IRS for uh, 13 years, did you say? And uh, yes. so, do you call each of each of your partnerships are called a project? Is that is that what you call them? Oh, we, we could. Uh, we typically just call them partnerships. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay, because I, I heard yeah. you when you said that the uh, person at the IBS, I, uh, the IRS, uh, was on the project for 13 years, and my first thought was, well, that sounds like a typical government program, right? <laughs> it's a project oh yeah, no, for I, 13 years. But uh, what you mean is that they've actually been faithful employees for the 13 years, and that that's fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know that uh, NTI uh, conducts advocacy uh, work on behalf of Americans with disabilities. Can you tell us a little bit about that, too? Uh, we, we've been doing a lot. NTI just is an organization that places Americans with disabilities in the workplace, but we also advocate on their behalf for the past 20 years. So this past year, we've been focusing on articles for each of our social media sites on disability days. We're covering events like the Paralympics, and it led us to be honored by the United Nations and the city of Boston for our work with helping Americans with disabilities. So we had an event at the Prudential Center last December. We had about 10,000 individuals come listen to Paralympians, writers, artists, assistive technology groups underneath one roof to talk about disability. It was really amazing. Um, we're going to continue doing efforts like this throughout 2017. We're we just partnered with country singer Craig Campbell, Radio Romance, and Michael Sweet to spread the word through television and radio. And we're also taking our approach a little bit differently, too. Last night, we were just honored for, our, for the 2017 Innovation Award for the Small Business Association. So not only are we taking a look at it from advocacy work, but we're also taking a look at our own inner workings of our organization. Well, hats hats off to you. I mean, those are great uh, accomplishments, the great things that you're doing, and uh, please keep up that great work. Uh, is there any closing advice for organizations just getting started with uh, with this sort of uh, project uh, that you might give them? Yeah, again, uh, you know, getting started with people with disabilities and work in a home environment, it it could be very easy. It could be a little bit difficult, but. I think companies need to take a look at the policies and capabilities surrounding their current work at home infrastructure and environment. If it's successful, it's the first sign that you could probably move in the right direction. After that, it's pretty easy. Um, have the same expectation that you would with any other at home worker or any other employee in your organization and apply that the same exact way as an American with disability. Um, lastly, it would probably be helpful to have a manager training or, or who's working with Americans with disabilities. So make sure that they get trained on that aspect, and we can help out in that aspect as well. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, and uh, as I say, usually we don't do this, but in this case I want to, if, if uh, listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to connect? Sure. Um, even if they're just looking for advice or ways to start up things, they could contact me at msanders at nticentral.org, or they could just call up 877-248-8912 and just ask for me. Perfect. Okay, Mike, these are great insights. I'm really so happy that you were able to uh, come and share them with us. And we have some questions that have come in that uh, Brian will, will now ask. So, uh, Brian, over to you. 
All right, great. Thanks, Bruce. And I'll uh, let everyone know if you're listening that I'll put the uh, email and phone number down below the show. So just scroll down and you'll see it there so uh, you don't have to write it down. Uh, First question comes in from Chris. Uh, Chris is asking, we have a premise-based ACD system and no at-home agents currently. So would it be difficult for us to work with your people? Uh, Chris, not at all. We we work with various systems in the past, like uh, Avaya and Cisco, and we've set up call centers from scratch from both a technical and personal standpoint. Um, our candidates have their own computers set up, and we have our own system requirements in order to make the transition seamless. We've also used cloud-based systems as well. Internally at NTI, we've had employees all over the United States who use 5.9. We set them up with an account. They ensure that they have a landline, a quality headset, and the system necessary in order to handle the calls. And the call volume on a daily basis and to train them, it just leads to success. Great. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Another question from Pat this time. What if the person we hired does not work out for some reason? Can we terminate without fear of being sued? Hmm. Well, in our co-employment model, that, that problem is alleviated. So we work with the management of the company to ensure that the employees' goals are being met. Uh, these employees are expected to perform at the same level or exceed the performance level of any other employee. So if there's any issues with the employee that can't be resolved, we'll remove the employee from the position and work with you so that way you can find a solution. So it, it'll be right for you. So as for direct placement, every case is definitely different. If if you're in a case where you directly hire somebody with American uh, hire someone with a disability, I would recommend that you partner with your HR manager to ensure the best uh, possible outcome. But otherwise, um, I would say the co-employment model is probably the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I think this is one of the reasons why it was important to uh, to talk about NTI specifically because you offer the kind of comprehensive support program, the support methodology that uh, many employers would need in order to get into this on an efficient and on a comfortable level because you do, uh, you know, do the partnership that includes uh, all of the things you do for screening and training, et cetera, as well as um, you've seen all of the issues before. So that's always uh, extremely helpful for somebody who is uh, thinking of getting into something. You're, you're the experts, really, in this sort of thing. So uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, yeah. Back to Brian for, for more questions. Yeah, I've got one more. Yeah, It sounds like you guys really make things easy. That's uh, that's a great attribute uh, for this program. So uh, Devin asks, uh, what might this do to our insurance premiums for things like health insurance, et cetera? Well, uh, it's interesting. Cornell University, they just ended up doing a study out there. They surveyed over 2,000 HR managers, and they found that the company's health, life, disability insurance costs rarely rise because of hiring employees with disabilities. So attitudinal stereotypes about people with disabilities, um, still a bit persuasive in the workplace, causing them to be less hired and far more than workers without disabilities. So that's just, it's a myth. Um, In some cases, a person may have even Medicare and Medicaid as well. So it could be very cheap for an organization or no cost to them at all. Um, But you can't always depend that this is going to be the case. 
uh, and it really depends upon the state laws if you must offer something. But in most of the cases, I would say Medicare and Medicaid will resolve some of those issues. Mm-hmm. And also, too, okay. um, as an end note to that, if they want to check a little bit further, the Work Incentive Planning Assistance Office within your local area should be able to help out with that. Okay. All right. So sometimes there's also local incentives and local support that can supplement what you have to offer as well. That's correct. Okay. And, and on that, actually, can we talk about uh, tax credits and support for people, also the uh, disabled who go into the uh, brick and mortar, because we've been talking very much about at-home agents, but you also mm-hmm. have your brick and mortar uh, program, and uh, there's some uh, tax benefits that are available to those people uh, that might make the whole thing easier as well. Uh, so we, do, we don't want to leave out those people who have made a decision for some reason or another not to have at-home agents uh, can still be part of the um, higher disabled people movement, and uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, just to subsidize employers for working with Americans with disabilities, there's a thing out there called work opportunity tax credits. And generally, an employer, they could earn um, a tax credit equal to about 25 or 40% of the employee's first year wages. And it, it gets a little bit complicated when uh, you're taking a look at just an individual with a disability or in a target group, say, for example, a veteran or a disabled veteran or someone who's blind. But the, uh, the steps that they would take in order to do this they have to basically fill out an IRS form, um, which is Form 8850, and they're able to send that on in within the first 28 days of the person's employment. And they made it very easy for you to uh, become eligible for this and be able to receive some of those tax credits. There is on the Department of Labor's website a calculator that you can download. All of this is in Excel format to find out what specifically is detailed for your organization out there and the specific uh, criteria of the individual who's being hired. Okay. Well, that's great. So there's also these uh, government benefits that can add on to all of the other uh, benefits and advantages that you've talked about. Well, you, we've come to the end of our uh, our half hour here, so we need to wrap it up. But uh, let me give you a, a last opportunity to add anything that maybe we haven't talked about that you think our listeners should know about. Um, if anyone has any questions out there regarding um, how to implement this within a business or is this the right fit for them or, um, you know, before I said – if you are, if you have a work-at-home program for telecommuting and you'd like to expand upon upon that to hire Americans with disabilities, um, how would you how would you be able to do that? And if if you don't have that structure in place, and if you still want to talk to us about it and find out, well, okay, let me kick the tires and find out how this could be possible. Feel free to contact me, and as Brian said, that he'll include my email on there. And I'll try to make uh, the best effort to include in the comments any additional questions they may get out there. Okay, great. Well, Mike, thank you very much. This has been very, very interesting, very uh, meaty uh, conversation on an extremely important topic. 
So um, at this point, I think we're, we've uh, used up our time, but uh, really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, Brian, I'll hand it over to you now. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> Hey, and thank you, Mike. What a great uh, show and very interesting topic. Uh, super way to help Americans with disabilities and disabled veterans get back into the workplace. So uh, really happy to hear more about that. And if you have any questions, again, msanders at nticentral.org. Or if you're uh, watching this, you can look down below for the contact information for Mike as well. So with that being said, I want to remind you to check out all our other shows and topics that we have here from Call Talk. Over seven seasons. I'm sure there's something else that you'll find useful there. Just head to our website, BenchmarkPortal.com, and find all our archives there. So from all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington signing out. Have a great day. That's a wrap.